Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. How's everybody doing? Yeah, praise God. All right, um, uh, I would say a couple of years ago I shared uh, about this message, but I think it's a little bit more refined. Some things that, how many believe that when you read scriptures, and you may have read it maybe 10, 20, 30 times, and then sometimes you just read, and the presence of God just comes through, and you're like, oh, I didn't expect that one, and that's what the Lord does. And um, I'm going to jump right into the scripture, Genesis chapter 32, starting with verse 22. You will see uh, up there as well. So Genesis 32, 22, starting there. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives. I'll, I'll let Pastor Mark teach about that in a future series. <laughs> his two female servants. <laughs> uh, somebody says, I like this church. Yeah. <laughs> And his 11 sons and crossed the fort of Jabbok. Verse 23. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone. I like that. And I've been on that lately too, to try to find time alone. Especially it's nice and important for parents to find that time alone when you're just like one-on-one with yourself and the Lord. Because this is where God can speak to us, yeah? And his best work actually is done often when we are left alone away from all distractions, away from people's opinions. Let's continue reading. Um, And the man wrestled with him till daybreak. Verse 25. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. The man said, let me go, for uh, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked, what is your name? I think that's kind of interesting. They've been wrestling all night, right? <laughs> and only haven't really introduced the opponents. Uh, Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. So Jacob wants to know who this guy is. But he replied, why do you ask of my name? And that doesn't even tell him. And he's, then he blessed him there. And so the goal uh, of today is to show conflict between who we really are and who we would like to appear. And I hope that through this process as we're discussing this man, Jacob, to let go of um, what we think we're supposed to be and embrace who we really are or who God calls us. We've been on this uh, thing of identity a lot lately, just who our identity is and in Christ. Amen? So, and hopefully through Jacob's eyes, be able to see ourselves. And why Jacob? Why, why did I choose Jacob? Because he's, I would say, the best example of the, the inner conflict that we all face in our lives. And um, I think also because he's complicated. <laughs> Like me, like your wife, like your neighbor, maybe, <laughs> your mother-in-law, anybody. It could be your teenager, too. And, but if I wanted to choose another complicated person or who God likes to use, and as we notice who God chooses, who God appoints as president, God could use anybody. And it's not a, 
up to us to decide oftentimes. But it's amazing how God, for example, right, took Saul, who is killing Christians, and God is like, I like his passion. I'm going to turn him into my follower. I mean, after so many Christians have been murdered. I wonder what it was like, right, Paul meeting, uh, meeting his former name was Saul. And that's amazing because we're going to talk about how God gives you a new name today, right? Um, but so Paul, he was Saul formerly, and then he became Paul. But I wondered always, how would those Christians be looking at him in heaven, meeting him, the ones that murdered him? I bet they'd be celebrating because like, hey, man, you came on the good side. So, but all through the scripture, God likes to use complicated people, people that, that have issues that, you know, have their own lives to live. Like Noah, right, who built an ark to save a humanity, but got drunk and did some really interesting things. If you read the scripture, it's amazing. I, I encourage you to dig in the Bible. It's actually very entertaining, very awesome. Abraham, right, who was a father of many nations, but also was a liar. Moses, who was a deliverer of God's people, though, who was a murderer and a fugitive on the run. And then uh, Samson, really liked the word, uh, I like his story too. He was given supernatural strength to protect the Israelites. And that's in the book of Ju uh, Judges. But yet he fell to the lust. And but God still used him. But anyways, he lost his strength. Got tricked, but God gave him another chance. He still walked out on the high note. Um, David, a man of God's own heart. Pastor Mark talked about him. But yet, you know, was an adulterer. And that he wanted this woman so badly that he sent her husband to fight on the front lines where he was fighting for David and got him murdered so he could get it that way. But God called him a man of his own heart. And um, Peter, right, who preached on the day of Pentecost, we all know him, and yet was a coward and denied Jesus uh, when he, when he was asked, like, hey, do you know Jesus? And he's like, no, I've never been around him. So he died, denies him three times. Jesus warned him about it, by the way, and Jesus still liked him. He's like, you know, you're not going to, you're going to fail probably as a human, but I love you, Peter. You are the rock. And he still calls this man, the, coward, the rock, that I'm going to build a church on. So it's amazing to see just throughout the scripture who God chooses and how he likes to take these complicated people that you're thinking, how is this person I think we're going to be surprised in heaven, honestly, yes. to <laughs> who we will see there. And it's going to be great uh, because that's how awesome God is. He loves all people. He wants everybody to get saved. So I wanted uh, you to know that if you're a complicated person, you have great company, all right? Um, and don't go to church that teaches you only perfect people get to play in a part of kingdom of God. It is absolutely false. Um, but I'm glad God knows my complications and has compassion for my shortcomings. So as we look at Jacob's life, I want us to have an encounter with ourselves, really. And then and through this process to have an encounter with God. So in Genesis 32 that we just uh, read, Jacob is wrestling a match, right, at night. Uh, not quite sure who he's wrestling. And... Um, and then this is actually not the first time that Jacob is wrestling. Uh, the first time we hear about it, um, it's actually in Genesis 25. Um, he hasn't even been born yet, and he's wrestling. It's incredible. I'll show you. Okay, uh, Genesis 25, verse 21. Isaac, which is Jacob's father, prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. The Lord answered his prayer, and his wife, Rebekah, became pregnant. Careful what you pray for. You're going to get it. The babies jostled 
each other within her. That's, that's wrestling going on, okay? So she goes to sonogram, right? Is that what it's called? And they're putting all the jelly on the belly. <laughs> um, and the tech turns the screen and says, oh, first of all, congratulations. You're going to have twins, you know, to Rebecca. And, uh, but this is interesting, but the, there already are, like, fighting in there. And, uh, you know, you're all maybe laughing, but the reality is the scripture says, right? They must have had some kind of way of knowing it because the babies jostled inside of her when babies kick. But obviously, um, but I like to bring the scripture to reality if it would have happened in our time, right? But, um, and I wonder, and this is kind of profound, and it hit me reading this scripture, that I wonder if there isn't always a conflict within the womb of something that God bursts within us. When he puts something in us, and immediately there's a conflict. And um, I don't, perhaps it's symbolic of the inner conflict we all face when, we, uh, when the dream or purpose is born. So something is happening, definitely. Then she said something every mother has said at some point uh, in the verse 22. And she said, why is this happening to me? <laughs> so <laughs> she went to inquire of the Lord. By the way, it's a really good move to do when there's a conflict within you and you can't understand what's happening around you and there's a battle and you know you're like what is going on it's best instead of taking it to your troubled relatives or other people it's best to take it to the man God who has put it within you who knows you best and I like that it says she went to inquire of the Lord in prayer Verse 23, the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb. So something's bigger than you understand. And oftentimes that's what happens. when It's like, it's, it's, you don't need to know all of this right now. Don't worry about it. But here's what's happening. Two nations are within your womb, and two peoples from within, uh, from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. When the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in the womb. The first to come out was red, and his whole body was like, it was like a hairy garment. Wow, it's pretty intense. So they named him Esau. I think it means red. <laughs> um, verse 26, after, his, after this, his brother came out with his hand grasping Esau's heel. This is mad. If somebody tells me those babies don't know anything, you know, babies, he sense everything in the womb. Um, with his hand grasping Esau's heel, his brother, so he was named Jacob. Isaac uh, was 60 years old when Rebekah gave birth to them. It's never too late to start, guys. Um, Jacob means heel grabber, all right? So Jacob means heel grabber, which is interesting, right? It stuck with him for the rest of his life. And uh, I think it's so interesting to get stuck with something before you even became conscious fully. Um, so he was born trying to get ahead with this me-first attitude. I got this. As a baby. And here's the thing, a little bit to give an insight to Israelites and just a lot of nations, actually. Firstborns always usually inherited um, the judicial authority, um, and it was double portion. So they got a lot more. In other words, bigger piece of a pie, right? So now we see why he wanted to be first. It's a pretty smart baby. Um, and if you don't believe we're born with that sin, like that selfish attitude, it's probably because you haven't been a parent yet, if you, if you haven't had kids. <laughs> and if you don't believe, I don't, maybe I shouldn't say that, if you don't believe in the devil, 
just wait until your kids get in middle school. Uh, I've just been around middle schoolers some, quite some time. I've been there myself at some point. Uh, but it's this me first mentality. Got to be first. You don't have to teach your kids to, you know, to say me. Did you notice that? They just know that naturally. Me, mine. Yeah. <laughs> but you do have to teach them to say please, right? So this, um, we all started there. We all started there. We were born into this fallen state, this fallen world, all right? Except my house, of course. My house was full of love, joy, peace, acceptance. Yeah, Robert can testify. Yeah, in fact, it's so sweet that every day I come home, right, uh, I have kids run to me. The moment I unlock the door, it's like, jik, jik, jik. there's a button, and goes, and they, I hear them running. And I heard a couple of you go, aw, during that time. The thing is not that all sweet, because approximately a year ago, it's a lot better now. <laughs> so I'm talking about the kids' mentality, me first, right? They're running, and, but it's crazy how Alita's willing to throw Ryan by, her, by his neck to the side to get, dad, get to dad first, to give him a hug, to embrace him, right? But it's not really about that. It's just to beat Ryan. And so uh, if, if you're a parent, you see that. A lot of me, mine, it's, this is mine, this is mine. No, it's not. This is mine. So we hear that a lot. Um, but, you know, even the whole marketing world revolves around me, self, better you. You know, transform yourself in 30 days. Yourself, you, you, you. It's all about us. But at least I like that airline industry. They're not afraid to, you know, say it like, hey, secure your own mask before securing anybody else's. Uh, they at least are honest about that, so I respect that. Um, but our whole marketing world, anywhere you turn, it's always about us. How you, you can lose your weight, to be the better you, the, the sharper you. Um, but then, it's, so it's, it's hard to seek, you know, how can we seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness in this me-first world? Um, then Jesus says something interesting. And something powerful one time, right? The way it actually works in the kingdom of God. And it's different than our human perspective. We talked about, again, earlier on in prayer, that who God chooses to use, right? His perspective is way different than our perspective. Matthew 19.30, all right? Pull that up. And this is kingdom of God, how, how it is in the kingdom of God. And it's different than our world perspective. Matthew 19.30. But many who are first will be last and many who are less will be first. And in other words, it's not always the ones who are ahead in life are actually, you know, ahead in their life always. So Jesus is bringing the system of heaven down to earth when he came here. You know, last will be first, first shall be last. Jesus, what are you talking about? What planet are you from? Well, he actually is from heaven. Um, but Jesus, you know, haven't you seen how this world works? It's like you got to succeed. You got to do this. I mean, Jesus, haven't you seen the Talladega Nights? You know, that scripture there. I mean, that movie, it's, uh, yeah, Ricky Bobby's dad. He, he peels out on his car from the school, and he says this, this profound statement. He looks at him and said, if you ain't first, you're last. <laughs> and this kid is a little kid, and he heard that, and he's like, he remembered it for the rest of his life. But it's like, great movie, but that part is wrong, okay? Because God's kingdom works differently than a uh, human perspective. Me first is actually miserable. It really is. It's like where you think only about yourself, and all you care about is how 
you appear to others, how I'm putting on an image, how I'm putting up a front. It's, it's, it's miserable to be trapped in yourself, you know, grabbing at heels, grab, like, ah, oh, I got to be here first. I got to get to here. I got to succeed on top of this. Um, it, it really is. It's, it's kind of, to be quite frank, it's, it's exhausting to think about yourself only. Because you gotta gotta get my hair right, gotta do this, gotta I gotta appear. We're putting on these images, right? Uh, Luke 9:25, talking again about God's system. What good is it for someone? Again, Luke 9:25. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Ah, that's a new thing. Not a worldly thing, right? <laughs> So God says, what good is it for you, Jacob, to be grabbing after heels, grabbing after status, security, success? Because he knew it was like, oh, I'll be able to inherit all those things, only to find out that it actually left you further behind. And that's what happens with Jacob, because in the process of grasping, you know, for status, grasping for security, he loses himself. And in order to find yourself, right, Here's, again, you need to lose yourself so that God can show you your true self. Amen. Sounds confusing, right? But it's kingdom of God's status. Matthew 10, 39, that's where it says. Again, God's standard versus human standing. Quite different. Whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. What? What, Jesus? Whoever loses their life for my sake. So... When you are putting God first, when you're putting his perspective first, you'll be able to find yourself. And we've been on this thing, right, about our identity in Christ. And so we find true identity only in Christ. And we've been, that's kind of been the theme for quite a few months now. And um, so let's continue. Another, Jacob, uh, another name for Jacob was the supplanter or the deceiver. All right. So Esau was tough, rugged, outdoors man, loves to fish and hunt. True Alaskan, all right? Jacob, however, you know, it, it says about him that he loved to stay close to tents. So, <laughs> interpretation, he was a mama's boy, okay? Probably watched Downtown Abbey with mom on reruns. I don't know. So, anyways, Jacob could cook. Esau could hunt. I, I want us to see the contrast and, uh, of these boys. And they're already not quite boys. They're big. We see difference from um, an early age, right from the start, how they appeared, how their character was. But then Esau sells his birthright, so I'm just going to take some shortcuts. As we read chapter 25 um, in Genesis 29 through 34, uh, I'll just review real quick. Esau comes back from hunting, you know, from his hunting trip. He's very hungry, and he's so hungry that he sells his birthright. <laughs> Men, have you ever been so hungry you don't think logically? Yeah, it, it happens with men. So feed, feed your man first, and then you can ask him to do something. I promise. It's, it's, it's a very amazing thing. Um, but it's amazing how he's so hungry that he gives up most what he wants for that short time. For, he gives up most for what he wants now. So it's really easy to get, catch, uh, get caught in that moment in our life with any situation. You're like, I got to have this. You know, there's a phrase called, take my cash, take my money. I want that. Like they see something on the advertisement pops up on Facebook or something like that. It's true. So uh, 
So we, we'll, we'll give up everything for just to have that now. Who cares about my financial status right now? I need to have this thing. So, so real quick, right? I want to hit up on that. Birthright was important, but blessing of a father was also very important. Uh, when you are centered um, on yourself, it, it is never enough. It, it really is. It's all about you. And C.S. Lewis uh, pulled that out. Um, he says, we don't just take pride in possession itself but having more than someone else, all right? So I believe through this word, we're going to be transformed yeah. by renewing over our mind, and our mind is going to be a little bit less self-centered. So it's not just enough to be thin. I got to be thinner, right? And um, better. It's not enough for my kids to be smart. They got to be smarter, all right? <laughs> better, buffer. The thing is, though, with er, the problem, you know, it's all about the er, like something better. But the problem with that is that there's always going to be somebody that is er, like better <laughs> than you or whatnot. So um, we just have to keep that in mind when we're trying to outdo something. It's all self-centered, all around us, right? And this is what's the story of Jacob as we're reviewing him. <laughs> but that is so interesting, right? It says Jacob's grandfather, Abraham, was born in the land of the er, of the Chaldeans. <laughs> that's a different spelling but it sounded pretty cool that's why we always want to be better and, and that's why Jacob, his grandson wanted to be better want to be first um, but many of us might be living in that land of the earth, like just about ourselves and we're always we're like yeah, yeah, that's great and everything but I gotta, I gotta have a house I gotta do this it's gotta be my status has to be better I can do better so let's not get caught there alright, let's continue Isaac, right? so the father of Jacob was old and couldn't see well that's what it says in the scripture so he tells Esau uh, to get him some fresh game and Isaac liked him more because he would always hook him up with some tasty game that's what it really says you know? so kind of like Michael Biswall I like him more because he's a butcher, and he can hook me up with some meat. <laughs> Love you, Michael. Uh, but Rebecca loved Jacob because he would stay home, right? Remember, he's, he liked to stay close to tents. And um, so he would like to cook with his mom. With her, um, and so we see the division in the family from early on. And Isaac tells Esau that it's time to confirm the blessing and authority because he doesn't have much time left. His vision, his vision decreased quite significantly. And so he tells Esau to bring him some tasty game. After he eats it, he will confirm his blessing and authority. Let's get it done. Rebecca, his wife, hears it in the other room. And she tells Jacob, hey, mom to the rescue. <laughs> I have an idea. So, so what happens is that, here's the interesting thing. I used to blame Re Rebecca because I was like, why did Rebecca do that? Because she came up with this deceiving plan to steal the birthright, you know, and, but then I realized that Jacob's 76 years old. <laughs> I mean, like, it's kind of late for blaming your mom at this situation. At some point, you have to take ownership of your life. Uh, Rebecca tells Jacob, well, Esau's out hunting, right? And uh, let's dress up like Esau. That's a great idea. Because your dad can't see really well anyways. Let's fool him. So, she, <laughs> and we're going to bring him that food. We're going to try to replicate everything. That's what happens when you're trying to be somebody else. We're trying to replicate other things, right? So, let's get you blessed, son. <laughs> so, she wants Jacob because he was next to her. He, he was her favorite. 
So Jacob isn't sure about this, but goes along with the plan anyways, right? And just a quick plug, parents, be careful what you lay on your children, all right? <laughs> and in the meantime, be careful what others lay upon you that try to take your identity of who you really are. Um, Genesis 27, starting with verse 15. Then Rebekah took the best clothes of Esau, her older son, which she had in the house. <laughs> Why does she still have Esau's clothes in her house, right? <laughs> These boys are in their 70s. I don't understand everything in the Bible, but it's, it's amazing. And uh, so she's like, let's take the best clothes and put them on her younger son, Jacob. She also covered his hands and the smooth part of his neck with goatskin. So Jacob's smooth, right? He's a con man. He's very smooth. Uh, 17, verse 17. Then she handed to her son Jacob the tasty food and the bread she made, she had made. He went to his father and said, My father. Yes, my son, he answered. Who is it? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you have told me. Please sit up and eat some of my game so that you may give so you may give me your blessing. And verse 20, Isaac asked his son, How did you find it so quickly, my son? So Isaac is like, mm, It's a little suspicious, but all right. The Lord your God gave me success, he replied. I love it. He's giving credit to God for his lie. Just because it sounds spiritual doesn't mean it's spiritual, by the way. <laughs> just, just keep that in mind, all right? Verse 21, Then Isaac said to Jacob, Come near so I can teach you, my son, to know whether you really are my son Esau or not. See, we can get so good at pretending that even some of the closest ones to us, our family, may not recognize us. So just be careful with that, all right? Remember, we're talking about identity in Christ. Verse 22, Jacob went close to his father Isaac and touched him and said, The voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him, for his hands were hairy like those of his brother Esau. So he proceeded to bless him. Are you really my son, Esau, he asked? Again, right? He says, I am, he replied. This time he doesn't give God credit. He's like, I'm already feeling guilty. Verse 25. Then he said, my son, bring me some of your game to eat. So Jacob knows. He's like, my food will, you know, will tell me a lot about it. So then his father, Isaac, um, let's see, my... My son, bring me some of your game to eat so that I may give you the blessing. Jacob brought it to him, and he ate. And he brought some wine, and he drank. I mean, he really just presented nicely. Then his father Isaac said to him, Come here, my son, and kiss me. So we went to him and kissed him. When Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, because they also put on Esau's clothes, he blessed them. He was like, okay, final, final determination. Okay, smells like him. Let's bless him. So, but Isaac also understood, you know, he's an older age. He, he needed to get the blessing down. So, so Gage, Jacob gets the birthright and a blessing, right? And then, now, what they didn't count on was Esau coming back around this time from hunting trip. And Esau just got done hunting, which means he's got weapons, right? And Jacob's got a frying pan. <laughs> so, it's quite a big difference here. And Paper, rock, scissors, like gun beats skillet. You know, um, pretty intense here. So Esau was like, hey, I'm going to kill him. I mean, Esau found out what just happened. Yeah. And 
so Rebecca tells Jacob, man, you better run, boy. Verse 42, that's, it says in the verse 42 if you're reading that. Uh, so he gets a blessing, but he ends up on a run for 21 years, all right? 21 years he's on a run. So, and I'm thinking, it is possible to get what you want, but then not want what you get. This is what the situation here is happening with uh, Jacob. So it's possible to get a blessing, but the way you got it, you know, can leave you on the run for a very long time. And here's the focal point of the sermon, okay? In fact, I would even title this sermon this way. God cannot bless who you pretend to be, all right? When we are putting on image and eh, this is who I am for public and things like that, God cannot bless who we pretend to be, all right? God can't bless Jacob dressed like Esau. So I don't know about you, but there's a lot of me's, a lot of Vicks. Seriously, I'll be more transparent. There's me that I am, and that guy frustrates me a lot. I have a list of things to do, and then I don't do them, and then I'm going to work out, and I don't, and then I'm going to do this, and I'm going to rake leaves, but I forgot to do that, and... So that guy frustrates me. And then there's me that I hope to be. <laughs> this guy is awesome. This guy is consistent. You know, he's a man of his word. He can tell his kid just with one look, and the kid will listen to him. And uh, the guy, Vic, that can eat a bunch of donuts and still have a six-pack. You know, this is kind of the us that we wish to be. I would call him the future Vic, all right? So refined Vic, premium Vic. So we start putting on certain clothes in our lives, right? We're like, we want to be this person. We try to replicate him. And, uh, and here's the thing. We can talk the talk, you know, look like someone. And, but it's really not who we are, not who God made us. And it's very important to determine that, that God made us so unique. Every one of us has a different story, has a different look. There's a purpose for that, all right? And I remember speaking with some teenage girls, too. I'm like, what good is it to dress a certain way to get that attention? Um, what good is that attention, right? What good is that love? If, if you're putting on a certain clothes to look a certain way to try to, you know, get someone. And, or, you know, it can, you know, happen with a teenage boy, all right? So he might, you know, who, who grew up with a tender heart, sweetheart, you know, just care for people and then has to put on this image of being a tough guy because he realizes other kids are probably going to think down of him because he's not a man enough, tough enough. And everybody's different, all right? So we can fool Isaac, but we can't fool, uh, but we can't fool ourselves. We can fool God, but we can't fool ourselves. Or we can't. That was bad. <laughs> we can fool ourselves, but we can't fool God. Let me. Re- I'm glad I reviewed that in my head. I love it. Thank you, Lord, for giving me grace through this. <laughs> so you can fool people, but you can't fool God, all right? Yeah. Um, so you may have gotten popularity. You may have achieved certain status. To have the, got that fancy car, fancy truck that you were wanting it. But in the process, a lot of times people to obtaining that, they lose themselves. People go into debt. They do things outrageously because, like, I have to appear a certain way. And, but what good, right, is it to gain the whole world? Again, bringing up that scripture, but only to lose yourself in that process, all right? Um, it's really difficult, really challenging. So 
God can't bless who we, are, who we pretend to be, right? God can only bless us who we are when we are just open before God. I'm going to soon bring up where Jacob comes to that point, right? So Jacob got his blessing, but in the process, he lost himself. Had to flee. I mean, things just going south. He got it, but he, the way he got it was just not very pleasant. So after 21 years on the run, Jacob wants to reconcile with his brother. He's just like, ah, man, got everything I want. And it talks about his family, everything he obtained, a bunch of stuff. And I'm thinking, right, it, sometimes that's what it takes to get all the stuff that you wanted, only to realize that's really not what you actually needed it through this whole process. And so before he meets Esau, Jacob wrestles with the man, all right? It was that night that we're bringing back to what we read. And we can't, and he can't see. It, it talks just a man, but a lot of theologians believe that it was the image of God. Uh, or, I mean, it was an angel, all right? Uh, we later find out because he blesses him, so obviously that's God. Uh, dealing with Jacob one-on-one. -on -one. And I was thinking about this when they were wrestling, right? And when you think of Jacob, you know, wrestling, at what age did we imagine him? Like, be honest, what do you think? Shout it out a couple of, 28, 30, maybe 40 at the most, right? But if I do some public school math, <laughs> so Jacob is 76 when he steals a blessing, right? 21 years on a run, so he's 97 years old. When he's wrestling, all right? So no wonder his hip went out of place. Um, <laughs> says his hip went out of socket. <laughs> Physically, I mean, 97 years old, but man, if there's one thing that can tell you reading that scripture is that it's never too late to cry out to God. Yeah. It's like, I've had it done this way. This is me. This is my personality. You like it. If you don't like it, you know, take it or leave it. That's attitude. But no, this guy's 97 years old, and he's like, I got to make it right. And this is what Holy Spirit does. This is what happens, you know, when grace comes into your life. And so, you know, Jacob, after, through, up until this point, he's just grabbing after stuff, you know. But this time, something grabs hold of him, all right? And it really just was so profound this time around when I was reading it. And this is what happens... When the Lord really touches your heart, it's amazing. Let's uh, open Genesis 32, uh, again, verse 24. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. I'm just reviewing that scripture again. When the man saw that he could, know, he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with a man. Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. I think it's safe to assume that Jacob found himself right there. That you find yourself when, um, when you hold on to God, when it would have been probably easier to let go. When even when you're hurting, you know, in your hip, even when you can't see clearly, but you're still holding on to God. You may face some kind of situation in your life and just like, it's so difficult, but I don't care. I'm holding on to God through this process. And this is where we find our identity, all right? This is when really we come to know ourselves. So that same tenacity, and I love how God, earlier on I talked about how God likes to take some people and he likes their passion, like Saul who became Paul. Um, 
But the same tenacity of Jacob, right, who was that deceiver, slick, is now working for him because he got it focused in the right direction. So God likes to take our passion, but when we, are, when we, when we connect with the Lord, he likes to take that passion and focus it in the right direction. And that's when it becomes powerful. Because remember, everybody's made unique in their own way. And God loves to use your talents, your giftings, but when they're properly positioned. Amen? All right. So, and here he is, Jacob's wrestling. He's, you know, he's hurting, but he holds on. All right? Just like many of us might be hurting, but he's saying, hey, I might be old. I might have lost some time. And he sure did. He was 97 years old, right? And he's like, I don't know who you really are, but I will not let you go until you bless me. I love that. When you really get that one-on-one -on -one with the Lord, just like that, you're just crying out to God. Yeah. Probably more refined as you get older. Yeah, we scream like that in our spirit a lot of times. <laughs> but you get to that point where you're in, the, in our pursuit of faith. You get to that point where you're just sick of pretending, you know, sick of faking it. It's like, I'm sick of putting on this image. I will not let you go, God, until you bless me. Tell somebody next to you, say, don't tap out. Oh, let's try it one more time. Say, don't tap out. Yeah, all right. You might not be winning, but don't let go of God in your life. Verse 26, right? But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. I've read that before so many times, but this time I was like, until, unless you bless me, okay? So he's like, I've been holding on to the heels all my life. I've been taking shortcuts. And, but now there's only one who has the power to bless me, and I'm holding on to him, right? So who's greater than Esau, who knows me better than I am. And Jacob is like, I got to have this. I'm letting go of what people think. I'm letting go of what people say. I'm letting go of my past. I'm holding on to Jesus. All right, uh, 32, uh, verse 27. And he said to him, what is your name? So remember, right? He asked that question before, 21 years ago. All right? Remember when he walked in to get that blessing? The father asked him, who is it? All right? <laughs> so Jacob, back then, he said, I am Esau, right? And he got blessed as Esau, all right? But now it's time for Jacob to get a blessing for himself, all right? We're wrapping up here. Have a little bit more patience. A very important word, I believe, is really profound, all right? Stay focused. All right. So now Jacob's going to get a blessing himself, and he said, I am Jacob, finally, right? He says, I'm the deceiver. I'm the heel grabber. Yes, I'm that guy. I struggle. I have issues. I'm a backstabber. And when he finally admits his real name, God gives him a new name. All right? When you finally come to that breaking point, you're like, this is who I am, God. But I need you to transform me. All right? So only then he gets a new name. And I love this, right? Verse 28. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled. And I like that, because you have struggled, right? It's not always in success, but in your struggle where God can show you who you really are, where we find our identity in Christ. Because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. 
Aren't you glad that God gives us a new name? Right? He doesn't call you but what you did in your past. He calls you righteous. He calls you pure. He calls you beloved. Worship team, you can, guys can come up. We're going to have time to worship afterwards. Tell somebody, say, I, I got a new name. Tell the person next to you if you can. I got a new name. Amen. Jacob not only got a new name, right? He not only got a new name. He got a new identity. He got a new identity. And you know, Jacob means heel grabber. We already heard that. also means deceiver. And you know what Israel means? Because that's his new name. Because he said, you're no longer going to be Jacob. You're called Israel. It means triumphant with God. Yeah. I love that. Jacob is who I am and Israel, who God is in me. When God is in us, oh, we, we put on a new image and that's where we find our full potential. That's where we find the complete us that we've always wanted, that our hearts always wanted and longed for. And, and here's the interesting thing, right? He, later on, as you're reading, he's called by both names. Jacob, sometimes, and sometimes Israel. Well, change is complicated, <laughs> right? Things don't always line up real quick. But here's the important thing. Just because he got a new name doesn't mean that he doesn't will face the same struggles. This is very important to point out, right? God calls you Israel, but sometimes we feel like Jacob. I seriously, I'm like, you're Vic, you're victorious. I hear that from God a lot. And then I'm like, but I feel like a sissy. <laughs> but I feel like Vicky. <laughs> oh, that's bad. I... When God comes in our life, it's incredible what happens. And I want to leave you with one more point. It's very important to point out. So when Jacob, it's so interesting, right? When Jacob asked the angel who he is, the angel didn't answer him because angel didn't come to tell him who he is. Angel came to tell Jacob who he is. And that's so profound. So 97 years old, right? And he never met himself. If you should be encouraged by this scripture, I mean, this would be a perfect example. This man is 97 years old. And he finds his identity in God. It's amazing. We have maybe met God, but maybe never met ourselves. And this is very important. I really want us to leave with, with this scripture, right? coming up because many years past Jacob is dead right Israelites are now enslaved and God appears to a man named Moses and uh, Moses asked God the same question that Jacob asked God right Exodus chapter 3 verse 13 take a look Moses said to Jacob suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them the God of your fathers has sent me to you and they asked me what is the what is his name then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Now, I've read this so many times. I even preached about it before. but And I never understood this until lately. Verse 15. Say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, this is way after Jacob's death, right? And I'm thinking you will say God of Israel, right? Because that's Jacob's good side. <laughs> if 
you are God, wouldn't you want to be known by a God of a man like who fought off God, like who fought with an angel and overcome? Wouldn't you want to be a God of their good side, right? But he says to Moses, and I believe that he's saying that to all of us today, all right? He says, if you want to know who I am, I am God of Jacob too. I am that God part. I am God of that part that you don't want anybody else to see. You've been hiding, but you put on a good image for people. But he's not just God of your successes. He's God of your struggle. He's not just God of your victories. He's God of your, your defeats. Now, I'm not saying that God causes those defeats to happen, but he allows certain things to happen in our lives because as, at those points when we're hurt, right, when we just given up, like Jacob, he wrestled, he fought, and he's just hurting, but he's like, I'm, this time I'm going to get it right. I don't care if I'm 97 years old. That's remarkable. And he is here right now. God has given us this church a new identity. He's bringing us to something new. He doesn't want us to go hold on to the past, to the past images that people called you. Maybe you've been called certain ways since you were a kid. I want us right now as we're worshiping, just to take time in the middle of worship, just surrender it to him. We're not going to ask people to come forward if you don't feel like it. That's fine. Just in your place as we're worshiping is between you and God. You know, kids can run around. That's fine. Let them run. But I want us to focus in. So, Lord, we're excited for the new season that you're bringing us in. But I'm understanding now that until I come to realization to admit who I am, what I've done, and yet I am this, Lord, take me as I am. And that's when God gives us a new name. He sets our feet on solid ground that we will not be shaken. Amen? Let's worship Him. And in the meantime, just close your eyes, take this time, and just reevaluate what the Lord is speaking to you right now. And the Holy Spirit speaks differently to everybody. Everybody's got a different story. God is writing a different story with different humans. Your story is going to be different than someone else's. But it's going to be so profound that it will have an impact on somebody else's life when you tell them that story. Let's just take this moment and just surrender to Him as we worship. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.